0: everybody. Welcome to the 42nd episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian.
1: And I'm your co-host, Levi.
0: And before we get started, just want to let everybody know we did some OG logo pullover hoodies, so you can find those now on Big Cartel. That's mathcoreindex.bigcartel.com. Um, we also, of course, have a Patreon right now, so if you become a supporter, uh, you can get early access to video polling. We've got some super old-school footage of daughters up right now, tons of drum cams. Um, patreon exclusive podcast it's like anime cast which Mm. is our most recent uh silly endeavor in which levi and i uh well we watched neon genesis evangelion uh cowboy bebop most recently and i think we're gonna do fist of the north star next time
1: and we are we are still um finally tuning uh the process of this but uh it's uh thank you for whoever is listening (laughs) uh, off the patreon so far
0: yeah if if you listen to that you must really really like us because it's it's just like the most all the banter from this podcast kind of deposited there in a way more like free form.
1: And for anybody that uh, is curious what we're talking about, so ultimately the idea of the anime podcast is just a uh, Christian, uh, knowing more about anime and myself knowing nothing about right. that. And me and struggling to
0: explain it to Levi, because yes. something like neon Genesis Evangelion is just a little hard to explain. Yeah.
1: So, um, anyways, if you guys uh, are okay with listening to our voices and you ever want anything extra, we got that going yeah, on just too. Want, so. If you want
0: to just feel like you're hanging out with us, you can go check that out. Yep. Um, And uh, we want to thank our Patreon supporters so much at this time. So thanks so much to Jeff, Otis, Kevin, Phil, Eric, Cameron, Tony, Jasper, Mike, Senza, Kent, Jesse, Eli, Jamie, Sam, Andre, Grady, Matt, Robert, David, Carter, Jacob, Chris, Andrew, Christian, Daniel, Pete, Big Nate, uh, Sonny of the Heaviest. Welcome, Sonny. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, Eric, Jesse, Ocone, Rory, Jeremiah, Chris, Caleb, Adolfo, Andy, Bebop, and Austin. And our
1: newest donor... Jacob Bannon.
0: Thank you, Jacob You used Bannon. that joke last time. Yes, I did. We want to thank so much Chino Marino. Yes, <laughs> Chino.
1: I honestly, I'm trying to do like some like of, like, magic shit here. I'm just gonna keep saying it over and over until that one day when he just actually, you know, he becomes a hundred dollar donor. Absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah, he would definitely do the hundred. I should donor.
0: probably remove that category. It's like completely unrealistic that anyone would ever give us a hundred dollars a month. Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're, you are absolutely correct.
0: <laughs> but you know, I figured I'd just throw it out there in case one of you is just like balling that fucking hard that you can just afford to throw a hundred bones at the bullshit that we uh we try to whip up for you on a, a weekly and monthly basis. Um, And on that note, we're working on some other new content right now. I know you probably said that multiple times, but we're going to introduce a new segment this time. Uh, And um, we're also doing yet another podcast in which... Well, it's probably more than likely going to end up becoming another podcast because we're going to just focus on... um, On some seminal bands and just talk about them at great length, a little more extensively than we usually do, just mentioning them, you know, in passing as comparisons to newer artists that we're discussing. So
1: possibly focus on record labels to that, or yeah, yeah. I don't see any reason. I
0: think that's a far more expansive discussion. It's probably better that we uh, we stick to bands that we know that we can have, you know, a a lengthy discussion about. Because as much as I would love to sit down and talk about DeBello. I feel like we could it would be more effective for us to talk about the bands that were on that label that were really great cuz yeah. is kind of just we'll just end up talking about the bands that were on the label
1: naturally yeah
0: I mean, We still talk about that label constantly though that's funny I mean That's what I'm saying they really have a lasting legacy Um and uh so how you been, Levi?
1: Shut the fuck <laughs> up you fucking asshole So,
0: <laughs> so Levi talking. and I Levi and I went out to see Curl Up and Die the other day I didn't You want you want to talk about that Levi? <laughs>
1: I fu- <laughs> we were supposed to interview him, first of all, and we got stiff there. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I uh, fucking, I peaced out. <laughs> Levi
0: pulled the classic Levi move, which is when shit <laughs> isn't going his way, or when he's too drunk, he leaves.
1: Ah, so here, okay, you want to know the full story? What um, is the full we, story? We met, a, we met a, a MathCore Index fan. What was his name?
0: Um, uh, oh, uh, Casey.
1: Casey. Yeah. Fucking awesome dude. Uh, Casey. So we showed up
0: in a four four hoodie, just anti four hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Like so walked, walked in the fucking bar. So it, it was that a, was a lovely surprise.
1: Curl up and die. This show in San Francisco. Do you know what? It just really sucked for Curl up and die uh that this was the same night as Earth Crisis, also in San Francisco. Um, so yes, if and, you um, saw the Earth Crisis footage, ultimately everybody was at Earth Crisis. If I could was say, it in at Gilman an,
0: in, or huh? Was it a Gilman?
1: No, no, it was in San Francisco. I thought... Oh. I'm pretty sure it was like Great American Music Hall or something like that or some smaller... What, what
0: kind of a... Who would book what, that show great there? American music? Um, I can
1: give that to you a little later on in the podcast. Right. It's but not, anyways, not but important ultimately... Anyway. It doesn't matter where Earth Crisis was playing. Earth Crisis was playing the same night as Curl Up and Die. So,
0: it's like... So, I think, yeah, Curl Up and Die, basically, probably were not in the best of moods.
1: They ultimately got the short end of the stick as far as as attendance,
0: which just... There was was some people there. There was, like, some really appreciative fans, furthermore. But uh, there was about 50 heads, I think, maybe.
1: So, we had an interview lined up, and they uh, kind of spaced on that, so... Um,
0: it's my fault. I I like to approach bands casually. Fuck me, right? Like I ins- I message them on Instagram and shit. I'm like, yo, what's up? Like literally verbatim. Do you want to fucking talk with us for a minute when you're in? It 10 works, ago? and sometimes it doesn't. You know. More often than not, it does work, and we've totally set up interviews this way. Yep. Um, so.
1: The unfortunate thing about, like, But don't,
0: they, they quote-unquote, spaced it, which is chill. I yeah. mean...
1: Well, when you're... I feel like when you're contacting people through, uh, messengers, messenger things like, you know, uh, IG and then, like, Facebook, it's like, there is, like, a slight delay in contact there. So, I, you know, I mean, whatever.
0: You know, the, the other thing is they probably just don't have a whole lot to say. Like, they probably just don't want to dredge their, their past history up and have us ask him about the prospect of new recordings yeah. and all that stuff
1: so other than us getting stiffed which i'm totally okay with um i basically at that point yeah, we're once, totally fine with it we're once not I, even hurt at all we were we were nursing a beer and having a beer with casey at the a, a bar right beside the venue and once i found out that curl and die wasn't talking to us anymore and the show was about to start i was like okay well fuck it levi's so getting- <laughs> so i had my beers uh plural and then we went over, and then the first thing that we do when we get over there is Casey buys me a shot. And this shot would be three shots oh of whiskey. God. And ultimately, that. Casey, you fucking made me take an Irish exit pretty fucking fast out of that bad boy. So fucking. Uh, I would like to blame Casey and Curl Up and Die for me leaving early. So,
0: there. <laughs> so, it's. Everyone's fault, but ours. Oh,
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: We are we are much better than them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's all I was saying as I was throwing up, walking down
0: the street. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's it's uh, it's not Curlip and Die's fault. It's fucking San Francisco, man. People don't give a shit here.
1: Slims, the, we have we have two we have two venues. Uh, after the Pound died, uh, we had we ultimately have two venues uh, in San Francisco that I would call like the more like. Hardcore-ish, or in the earlier 2000s and like in the 2010s, like it was, you know, during like DNA, the, lounge. yeah, death when deathcore was big and you regency know, regency ballroom. Not even that. It was more just uh, DNA, like DNA and venues. Slims. Yeah. DNA and Slims was really the. The, the, th- the two that we'd w- go yeah. to continuously, you know? And they're right beside each other, too. Exactly. But anyways, San Francisco has uh, fallen off as far as, like, bringing some uh, really amazing, energetic shows. You really gotta go outside San Francisco and go other parts of the Bay. You gotta to go to get, Oakland, basically.
0: Yeah. That's where normally the better shows are at. Oakland, Berkeley. Like, most promoters won't even book San Francisco anymore because it's all, like, Golden Voice and shit. And Well,
1: there's no, like, cool, tiny venues. Everything's pretty fucking large.
0: Yeah, I we mean, lost the Hemlock. I really i uh, i lament hemlock was another metal kind of bar that.
1: venue thing that mm-hmm. you, know,
0: you know. that was a great just a little tiny narrow fucking room but we saw some really really great shows there i i saw we saw vermin womb there we saw name there i saw name there numerous times
1: um so so Armed go, for
0: apocalypse
1: uh so to go back on this though with 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 curl up and die um christian christian enjoyed the show uh, gave me shit but uh, ultimately uh, oh, yeah, I missed that fucking shit I wouldn't be shit. a good friend Fuck if I didn't, didn't give you shit yeah so um, sorry for everybody that was expecting an interview we don't got that interview
0: yeah no curl up and dying interview this time guys but uh, we'll get him next time <laughs> we'll get him next time <laughs> <laughs> the most catch all yeah, hey
1: listen we gave the old college try everyone <laughs> what else do you want
2: the old college try yeah
1: and then I got drunk that's what happens alright
0: <laughs> oh man well, uh, you want to talk about some bands now?
1: Let's talk about some bands. Great. That didn't stiff us. No, no okay. Chill, <laughs> sorry, I'm done.
0: So uh, the first band we're going to talk about is Pillar of Wasps. Ooh! Pillar of Wasps are a four-piece mathcore death—well, I guess the number of the lineup is sort of debatable. Uh, four-piece mathcore deathcore band from Dallas, Texas.
1: Put a little element of grind in there too.
0: Yeah, they—they are very grindy. That is true. And they—they're uh, a new band. They just started sometime last year in 2019. And this band initially caught my attention on Instagram when I stumbled upon one of the guitarists' playthrough uh, teasers, and just, wow, fuck, it really, really blew me away.
1: Dude, this is how I found out about them, too. Um, I'm not sure if they gave me a follow or if I followed them, but, yeah, it was an Instagram find. Um, and uh, it was kind of like a little tease uh, from the beginning. And I still just sucks that we only have one track. do. still we're, a tease at this point. Yeah, it's still a fucking have, tease, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, they, they just have this one single, uh, but... I've been eagerly awaiting this. I've been anticipating this a great deal. And uh, they did not disappoint. They, they really came out with a fucking... Even though it's just a demo, quote-unquote, the production is, is definitely passable. And uh, the material itself is fucking excellent. Um...
1: And it seems like they're playing shows and everything, so yes, they obviously have. Playing. Yeah, they got a catalog, but we are only seeing. we're only listening to one track. There, so.
0: I can I can tell you there is more than one song because they've. Uh, I've just heard snippets of other ones on Instagram. Like give, us <laughs> give us <laughs> yes, the tracks.
1: Give us the tracks. Yes,
0: give us give us that that delicious that delicious noise. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? This is yeah, uh, just back to the Instagram finds. I think this is my favorite Instagram find of all time. Next to Good Game, like, you just for some reason. Agreed. Um, it, Instagram doesn't usually come through with the, the good bands the bands that are usually crawling up my ass on Instagram you know they're just like they're trying to like get clout you know what I'm saying I hate to use that term but they're just they're just out there following and unfollowing trying to get your attention and liking a, a thousand posts and those are the bands that aren't really they're not going places they're just trying to fucking get followers on the Instagram
1: um, what I do like about Pillar of Wasps, uh, I will say, um, it is their little End in rant. So, so I'm, I'm going off this one track, okay? So, I'm hoping what this one track is is more of this one track, uh, on the rest of the album, but uh, uh, I really like the noise tossed in the beginning. Uh, wasn't too long or yeah, anything. Yeah,
0: he, he really uh, he plays with the noise pedals yep. a lot. Very mathy,
1: grindy, and on top on on that touch of the it works with the pedals. Uh, I love the little, the whammy going on in there. The little, uh, and then the, just all, all in all, just the the fucking uh, low range vocals. Um, I'm so into this band. Just I I, I want more. Just dark and heavy. Talk
0: about that vocalist for a second. Uh, it, it seems as though maybe he's just guesting or moonlighting for them or what have you. Because He's the vocalist of of Ballista.
1: Yeah, because it says uh, in the track on on Bandcamp featuring this like Elliot something. Yeah, so
0: we're basically curious to know what is the final lineup going to be like um, if he's not a prominent or a permanent fixture, rather.
1: If you sons of bitches make one goddamn song and then fucking disappear, I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna flip out.
0: I really, really hope that is not the case because this would make this the biggest blue balls in the case of the history of metal,, uh, even over Viramio,
1: yes, and I'm sorry for yelling. just keep making music. Just give us give it to us, so. um,
0: yeah, this is so good. It's really heavy breakdown and effect laden math core that borders death core material. and it's it's like the apex of what all MySpace bands wanted to be back Boom. in the day. just over the top dissonant guitar acrobatics, fast drums, and heavy vocals. Um, and again, there's just not really a lot to talk about here because it's just the one single. But this is extremely promising. This is uh, like Psyopus Danza and Ion Dissonance, and it's just fucking beautiful. Yep. Like it's just a perfect mixture of heavy and chaotic, with those super gross half-step harmonies. And it's yeah, it's just fucking wild. The guitar work on this is a big highlight for me. And uh, a, a Zach uses some really interesting techniques and effects to achieve this like super dense and dissonant sound that they have you know as you were saying there's almost like a noise element to it as well like Mm -hmm. he really uses those uh cool kind of eight-bit soundscapes that precede the music there's like a lot of effect manipulation too um i love the name too pillar of wasps Mm -hmm. i feel like them and inside the beehive should do a split or go on tour
1: um the uh i remember when i when i found them on instagram i was like this is a fucking awesome name like yeah
0: yeah it reminds me of inside the beehive yep so yeah, I guess we're gonna play that one goddamn track, huh? We've just got the one song, um, which we'll play for you now, and it's called "The Inherent Vice of Endearment," and that's by Pillar of Wasps, and that just came out on January thirty-first of twenty twenty. Here we go. So that was The Inherent Vice of Endearment by Pillar of Wasps. And uh, that's their new demo, which just came out on January 31st. So next we're going to talk about Floral. Floral are a two-piece instrumental math rock band from the Bay Area. Um, This is not a revisit, as Levi was asking earlier. Um, We've never talked about Floral on the podcast, surprisingly.
1: They've been in our hearts forever, I guess. Yeah, and of course (laughs) they
0: played played Math Core Index Fest... uh, 2019, last year, yeah. this summer.
1: I mean, we and we've, I guess we, we've just listened to that for that their their release prior to this forever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, they've pretty much become seminal in a matter of like six years. Like so many bands are trying to imitate Floral Sound. Uh, and uh, Floral started back in 2013, releasing their first EP in 2014 and their second EP in 2015, both to critical acclaim. And uh, in fact. As I was just saying, those two EPs are now so firmly embedded of the zeitgeist of this current math rock movement that it honestly feels like they've been out for like much longer than five or six years.
1: Yes, um, this is the definition, um, if you were to look in the books, what math rock should be. Um, I think, I mean, you can you can hear the chemistry between these two, and just, I mean, these two are also in another band, Elaine the Singer, together. Um, That's on right, top which of is that, also excellent, too. And on top of that, from what I see, they are fucking homies as well so to be to be in two bands with your best bud i mean i it's it's gonna be just it's gonna progress you know it's not gonna like downgrade at all and you can definitely tell that floral not only is doing the same thing but definitely finely tuned and tweaked everything where i can't skip one track man i mean i I enjoyed this album fully.
0: Oh, and even when it's over, like when it starts shuffling the other albums... Oh, I that's just what I did too. on the right here!
1: <laughs> on the right here, I was like, wait,
0: huh? I guess I'm listening to Climbing a Wall now from yep. the first EP or yep. whatever. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, it flows together very well. It is very pretty. Um, it, I mean, I find this album to be just beautiful. Um, I'm not really sure what direction they intended, because sometimes in instrumental music, you can kind of take it in different ways, you know? Mm. Um, but I just, I feel joy
0: when I listen to this album. You said it, yes. This is, fuck, man. Um, So yeah, as I was just about to say, so now Floral have returned with their debut full-length LP, the Floral LP.
1: Yeah, the Floral, yeah.
0: Which they released uh, February 15th via Choke Artist. And as Levi was just saying, oh my, is it a joyous endeavor. Uh, Every song on this album is incredible. I I really can't say enough nice things things about it, and apparently neither can Levi. Um, It's just really clear that they're onto something special. And the songwriting just strikes this perfect mixture of over-the-top rhythmic wizard—excuse me, wizardry—laced uh, with these subtle, almost pop-like hooks, giving it that perfect balance of technicality and memorability. <laughs> um, especially on track, you know, like track two, uh, the good song, which is very aptly named. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time I heard them play the good song at that house show with Rob Ford explore. It honestly just like took my breath away. It just has this really powerful introduction that just like grabs you right away. And it also showcases uh, the guitar playing of Ty, the drummer who's also quite accomplished on both instruments.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I really like how they, they gave him a chance to play guitar in this band as well. Cause Elaine the singer, is fucking excellent in its in its own right.
1: It is it is compl- I it is nothing of that of floral, and I love it for that.
0: Yeah, it's much a different, uh, a much different school of math rock, if you will. But Absolutely. Um, anyway, the good song. Just to get back to that, uh, telling you how much I like it. Uh, it's got that great introduction where they're both playing guitar, and then it just moves from like one incredible, unique part to the next. Each one better than the one before, and it just finally hits this bridge of all finger tapping. Which then just fucking explodes into this like joyous crescendo, and it's like almost in a, a religious experience. Like it's by far the the best song that they've ever written.
1: Track four, I'm I'm in love with the ebullient or how oh I...
0: e- ebullient, e- yes, e- ebullient.
1: That that was which my means shit.
0: cheerful and full of energy. Really, <laughs> yes. Oh, Well done, bud. I, I love that track too. I like maybe not someday because it's got that kind of like wistful feeling of longing, um, and it's but it's kind of uh, you know it's almost sad and less optimistic sounding in a way. Like the rest of the album is way more joyous and upbeat. Um, but then they, they bring it back with the ebullient, um, and that one is also just, it's just, it starts off really technical, but then it kind of goes into this, like, Nate starts doing some, like, rhythm slashes, and it goes into, like, an extremely, like, smile-inducing kind of, like, two-step part. And it almost to the point it feels like they're channeling '90s and early 2000s emo and like pop punk here. Uh, punk here. And
4: that's
1: quite all right with us.
0: I, I swear to God, there's 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 hints of like Fall Out Boy, and uh, My Chemical Romance or something. It just feels very very emo, and it just kind of that just brings back full circle for me, like the the intersection of math rock and emo. You know, they're so closely related. There's so many, um, there's so much crossover to be had there. Um, anyway, I think this is like the apex manifestation of that kind of music, floral. And it's got a couple of uh, brief interludes as well, like that that first that first intro, and then uh, another interlude where they're both playing guitar, um, which is all like it's sixty seconds, but damn, it's like really emotional. And yeah, just that again, that second guitar adding some nice harmony here. I really hope they they collaborate more in this way. Just to talk about some more songs that I liked. Uh, I've got a lot of notes on this band. Shocker. Um, this year is another big highlight for me. It was the lead single, uh, and it just features some of the album's like more tongue-twisting moments. You know, some of the rhythms really feel like they have hitches in the gate here. Again, this is two-piece math rock. I don't think it could get possibly much better than this, especially in terms of um, what seems to be largely the genre's goal, which is to be catchy but still have technical flair or musicians' appeal. You know, I've been just—I've been trying really hard not to overhype this album, but I think this might possibly be—you
1: hyped it, you just did.
0: Yeah, I I did it last episode too, but um, in our release radar section. But I think this might be possibly one of the greatest math rock albums of all time. It's just—it's that fucking good. I'm not done yet, though. Uh, I also love the Trucker's Wife. Uh, That.
1: A fucking slamming track, dude. Dude, love that.
0: Yeah, it just has this like head bobbing breakdown part. There is like, so much beauty and groove through this whole album. Um, I I am
1: bobbing my head and grinning, ultimately the whole time.
0: Yes, and what's what's sort of maddening about it is parts like that they don't repeat very much. Like that breakdown part, it only lasts for about five seconds, but it's like so brilliant that I'm mad that they didn't repeat it.
1: Oh, I want more. You know, it's that, it, but you know what? I'll take the five seconds. And you know,
0: that's, a, that's another track. Yet another track. The third one where Ty plays guitar in this album, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, and he also does some like kind of sneaky blast beats on it too, which I appreciated really seems to be like permeating, uh, drummer's techniques in math rock lately. It's kind of funny to see that, that crossover. Greg from Rob Ford was doing it, uh, quite a bit too. Um, 80% is a great cut too. Although it's probably the weakest of the album. If I'm being completely honest with my feelings, Yeah, you hear that guys. I mean, I, I love the album, don't get me wrong, but 80% is like... I feel like it's more of a callback to their older material, you know?
3: Hmm.
0: Albeit it's not phoned in, at least. It doesn't feel like they're just like, we need to write another song and put it on the album, but um, I do think it's... Um, I do think it's still better than a lot of what other math rock bands are accomplishing, so... That being said, um, I also really like Saturday Night, uh, the last track, and wow, that one just really gives me chills. The, the nostalgia from that one is like palpable, like it, 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 it sounds like what a Saturday night feels like. It reminds me of hanging out with my friends and just like struggling with my feelings as a young person. And Dude, like,
1: cocaine, circle jerks, <laughs> that whole thing. Levi's, pre-
0: Levi's projecting. Reminiscing um, here. <laughs> yeah. It just, you know, my point is it just really takes you through the full range of emotions, um, before giving way to this glorious dual guitar only harmony, which brings the album to a close.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, just excellent, excellent content. Really fucking killed it. Floral, self-titled LP. Get at it.
1: And hey, Floral, good job.
0: <laughs> it's a really great job, actually. Yeah, a really great job. Yeah, a pretty okay job. So, but um, now I, I knew this was gonna be hard, but uh, what's the track, man? Oh, we we have to give them the good song. There's no other song that we could. I mean, they're, 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 it's the best one. So let's give them that. It's good it is good I mean again very aptly named they, they knew that they had a good one <laughs> like I'm sure that was the working title and they're just like fuck it that's what we're calling it yep um, so we're gonna play you the good song which is track two from the floral LP and that came out on February 15th and uh, make sure that you go watch their math core index fest 2019 footage up on our YouTube and the drum cam which is uh, should be up in the next uh, month or so here we go it's really fucking hard to not love that um so that was the good song just track 1 from the floral track lp two? no excuse me thank you uh track 2 from the floral lp christian <laughs> what an idiot <laughs> i i made a goof um and that's uh yeah that's floral's new album which just came out on february 15th and uh you can find that on cassette via Headless Queen Records, and on 12-inch via Choke Artist.
1: Cassettes look fire.
0: They look beautiful, and I actually have the 12-inch myself. I got the, uh, it's like a white with pink splatter, I think.
1: You were racking up the points this episode already. Little scene cred points here and there. I'm making notes over here, man.
0: Oh, I mean, you you know. (laughs) One scene point. (laughs) We we try. (laughs) Christian Sigstrom, one scene point. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. I've probably gained and lost several thousand. Oh, yeah, I
1: definitely have Italian dance yes, some traction <laughs> Since I'm you. in my
0: 30s and have had the chance to have mini foibles. Wait, you can lose scene points, too? Oh, Levi. <laughs> <sighs> I think when you go into negative scene points, you are then officially canceled.
1: Oh, really? Just kind of fade out? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you then cease to exist. <laughs> and you may then never again interact with anyone you knew previously. <laughs> All right, um... So I think next we should uh, let's take some let's take some questions, huh? Oh my God! Really? Okay. Yeah, here's let's let take s- some questions.
1: Let me, sw- uh, let me switch up here. No up.
0: Hold on. Um, so I've got one. Uh, since Levi's fumbling over there.
1: You gotta have the Bandcamp up now. You got the on Facebook. All right, cool. Game um,
0: on. so uh, our friend Landon asks, "Do you love uh, Eurodivi? Are we even worthy of Eurodivi's love?" Uh, so to answer that question I'm sure Levi can't field that one
1: what is that and what are you talking about Euro Divvy,
0: I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly they're a screamo band that he recommended to me and I just haven't really I gave it like a what I would call a cursory listen <laughs> I didn't really give it a, a listen in earnest shall we say but, This um,
1: this does benefit Christian but sometimes it does fail him and he will be like wait I remember, it I remember okay. going through this, and I did not notice this before. And it's like, all
0: right. I listen to so much shit. At this moment, I can't really fucking even recall what that sounds like. But you can listen to it on Zegama Beach. So I can tell you that. Um, probably the the fourth time we mentioned Zegamon on this podcast now. And
1: uh, for for just a reference, everybody, uh, we uh, a Christian uh, uh, a few hours prior to us recording, he went on uh, the Mathcore Index community page uh, on Facebook and just uh, just asked everybody if they had any questions for us. So we are firing off some questions, I guess, and answering them. Do you
0: want to get another one for us? Um. All right.
4: All
1: right.
0: I got, an, so, got another one. Yeah, dude, dude, dude. Honestly,
1: the thing is, you motherfuckers. There's a lot of good ones, and there's some
0: like fucked up good ones. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna answer we're gonna, we're gonna answer as many as we can. And the thing um, is, like,
1: my good questions is probably you're not a good question to you. You know what I'm saying? So,
0: so another one is um, most anticipated release of 2020.
1: Anticipated? That like, question so question
0: comes from Geisterfar.
1: So it still hasn't com- so it hasn't come out yet.
0: Yes. What is your most anticipated release of 2020, Levi?
1: Uh, since Beneath the Masker already came out, um, I'm actively really excited for the new Black Dahlia Murder. Um, because the single's, like, really good, and I'm just... I I understand that, like, none of the... Uh, other than Trevor and the other dude, like, nobody else of Black Dahlia is actually in there anymore. It's just, like, replacements. But I just love what Black Dahlia does, and it's just Black Dahlia. Every time they put something out, it's like, yep, that's Black Dahlia Murder awesome
0: see the problem <laughs> the problem with the releases that i'm most excited for is that i can't talk about them yet hint hint mm. nod nod wink mm-hmm. wink, wink. Mm-hmm. but um uh let's see one thing that i can talk about that hasn't come out yet is uh, i'm really excited for hunter's new uh, band that's out on on it's not unique leader but as a new standard elite uh trichomoniasis it's like brutal death metal it's really fucking good i'm, I'm really excited for a new trichomoniasis i
1: am now actively excited for that too as of now, <laughs> like two seconds ago.
0: Um God, who else is dropping some new shit this year? Yeah, Geister Far, that was a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, I wish I fucking had some more like stuff on my release radar, like I'm no. in
1: taste, I'm anticipating you sons of bitches coming to the West Coast at some point so we can see you play and everything.
0: Uh yeah, that would be really nice. I would love to see Geister Far, Far live. Anticipating. Their, their other question was also great too. Um which uh which anime is the most math core? Um, I, I think that depends on who you ask, Geister Far, but I think most people would resoundingly respond, Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is the reason that we had to cover that one first. I would say, personally, um, I would say Akira's pretty mathcore, though.
1: Why? I would say Cowboy Bebop on the jazz oh, elements, and yes. uh, the weird, like, space cowboy thing already, I think, is kind of it's very weird. angular, yeah. yeah. a little fusion going on there.
0: But it's also lighthearted at times, too, so... Yep. Okay, I'll is take Is this mathcore? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, that meme never dies. Um, you want to...
1: Yeah, all right. Okay, okay. Um, this is one just specifically for you, Christian, because I do not play any instrument. Uh, guilty Pleasure Riffs.
0: Guilty Pleasure Riffs. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so there's this one riff from Incubus, Make Yourself, that I pretty much play every single time I pick up the guitar. Um, I wish I could name the fucking song right now. It's it's failing me, but um, yeah, I like me... I Like me, some cheesy new metal riffs. I often bust out some Mudvayne <laughs> when I'm like just sound checking. You or are a
1: sucker for Mudvayne.
0: I love LD Fifty. That fucking album fucked me up when I was a kid, and it's still just—I it, still love it to this day. It's turning twenty this year, and I'm I'm planning on making a big deal about it.
1: Awesome. Um. Okay. Wait. 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 Uh. T- do y'all be chuffing boof during the <laughs>
0: podcast? <laughs> the answer, absolutely, sir. Duh. Duh. We're constantly we're boofing and shuffing just left we and right.
1: Our exotics this morning, uh, the joints we were smoking today. is I rolled up some gelato forty-one with some jet fuel gelato, so we just got a forty-one.
0: Lot of g- You're telling me there are forty-one fucking phenotypes there's of gelato a, already? There's a lot of gelatos. There's a lot of that gelatos. is fucking ridiculous. There's,
1: but not like there's all of the. You know they, they choose. It's not like um you know gorilla glue number five. It wasn't it wasn't that there was five gorilla glues. It's just that was the that was the one you know uh, cut
0: they took. You know so it's like right It's, right. it's like and yeah now we don't even. Identify Gorilla glue by numbers anymore which well and the Glue.
1: and the gelato is from the cookies line so uh, uh burner definitely you know he those those numbers are definitely like the cuts that he chooses so there's like you know just gelato 41 there's all the different like numbered gelatos for sure that are different cuts
0: i myself am uh i've got a pax as well with some concentrate in it it's alien og yeah um, christian's
1: always been forever a vapor made became uh the flower or mm-hmm. hash and everything. Uh, so Christian vape a vape all day nonstop, and I myself, other than smoking weed with Christian, dab. I pretty much just dab my brains out. What are you dabbing right now? Uh, I got live resin sauce and diamonds, but I'm also really into <laughs> like, <laughs> diamonds. I'm, I'm, I'm really into rosin right now, which is just solventless. Um, so yeah, get on that shit.
0: I got another question from Doug here. Um, he asks Doug of Secretary. Uh, he asks uh, ever think about playing some OG mathcore bands here and there well the, the answer is uh, yes we
1: that's kind of going off like the new possible podcast exactly. that we're gonna yeah
0: we're, we're exploring an, yet another side podcast um, a spin-off <laughs> our second spin-off already um, so I, the answer is I probably will probably never play like anything more than like quick snippets of their songs on that one. If we cover classic bands, because we, we all know what it sounds like. Um, so it would probably just be like more for referencing like specific parts.
1: Um, Danny Shear uh, from uh, Horse Torso said he sent us a voice memo. So
0: we'll have to check that out and everything. Yes, um, we'll, uh, we'll answer some more questions in it, but I think yep. that's good for now.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, this is damn, this is kind of cool. Uh, all right. So I guess next up, we've only done a, we've only gotten three bands done so far.
0: Yeah. Next, we're going to talk about uh, Remain and Sustain. Love it. So, Remain and Sustain, while I scroll to my notes here, are a chaotic hardcore band from Denver, Colorado. Here we are.
1: Um, I gotta pull it back up.
0: From the looks of it, they started back in 2012, but didn't release anything until 2015 with their debut EP. Uh, They released uh, two singles and an EP in 2016 and another EP in 2017, and now they're back with their debut full-length, Fleshbound. This is one
1: of... So far, I mean, I know it's early in the year, but this is already on my list of album of the year.
0: It's really fucking good.
1: This is, and this is by far. I mean, I know this is our third band we're talking about so far, but um, I'm this is my favorite of the podcast. Ultimately, um, uh, I know Floral. We just chatted up a lot, but this one I wore the fuck out of so fast.
0: If Um, I'm being honest, yeah, this is my next to Floral. My my second most played of the podcast for sure.
1: There's um, there's a just a I I love it. Just
0: hits, man. It's like really aggressive.
1: I love the the bleeding and melting together of all extreme genres these days where everything just turns to be this like heavy dark crusty kind of element to it where i'm i just don't even know where these guys are pulling from anymore because there's new and old that sound like this and i just i love this blackened like metal core i, I mean I, it's everything it's like it's blackened it's crust it's Crust, it's, it's got your, like, breakdowns in there, but it's got just really heavy elements of hardcore. Uh, it, I mean, it's everything, man. I can't, it's, this, this kind of music is Leave what Levi's gushing. This kind of music is what I want right now. Um. So, anyway, It's a
0: solid effort. You know, I'm surprised they went eight years without releasing that full she, length, too. It's But, really I mean, surprising. like, if you,
1: if you look at, like, I'm looking at their, their back catalog. Did and you go they, and
0: listen to their back catalog, by the way?
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's nothing like, this new album
0: no like, it's not it's nowhere near as good they have like singing on some of the tracks so even.
1: i would compare these guys to chamber in the sense that chamber has had the same Absolutely. same sound the whole time but really in this last release where they kind of re-recorded some of the tracks and just and then made a full length it's it's it i mean this is i mean these guys sound like chamber
0: Uh, in in a nice way of course in a nice way we're not saying it negatively but yeah yeah, Chamber of course sound like Code Code Orange Orange. Uh, absolutely I I just think that this keeps taking me back to the profound influence that Code Orange has had on hardcore Uh, Code Orange and Vane and just since the um,
1: as Code Orange has changed they keep influencing oh
0: of course now we've seen all these bands like Leech sort of um, you know imitating that sound the more industrial heavy hardcore sound or heavy hardcore with industrial elements, I should say. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is a fucking great album though, and uh, they they play chaotic hardcore or metalcore, but it's it's very just like breakdown centric. As you can, it's where I go towards the metalcore
1: more, I guess, because the breakdowns. It's you know, like,
0: and I discovered them because I saw that live video of them at seventh circle. Excuse me, seventh circle in Denver. It just had like a really cool vibe, great performers, and. Uh, the moshing, though, is just kind of what really got my attention at me uh, on the video. Just, like, really funny fucking uh, funny and hilarious moshing in that video. If anybody has Anyway, any- the crowd was just going nuts for them, so...
1: Christian and I are really big fans of... It generally is from the side point or the viewing from where the band is to the crowd, but we love ourselves a good mosh set. So if you guys have any good videos out there of like a band playing just one or two tracks where the pit is just ridiculous and the dancing's really good, send us those videos. Cause we just really appreciate it. I
0: definitely have actively searched for, <laughs> for like moshing videos for sure. Yep. Many, many times in the past. Um, yeah, just a, a really cool vibe. Uh, great performers. I, I love, I, yeah, I just I love the fucking energy this band has. Every track on this album is a guaranteed mosher to, especially <laughs> the first track, yep. uh, "Limbo," uh, "Stagnant Bloom," which just really fucking sets it off. Especially with that anthem at the end, uh, "You put yourself in hell, you said so yourself." Flesh dude, bound. Dude,
1: uh, lim- Limbo gives you a heads up that your fucking shit's about to get ripped apart. Because then, even like I mean, my favorite track, uh, uh, track two, "Victim," once again, just. Bam, right into it. Uh I every um, Coalfoot. Amazing.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the album's slow burner, but when they finally hit you with that first panic chord groove, it's just so fucking good. And
1: they did they did the single on track 6 Rith, I believe how you pronounce that? Rith, Rith. Rithe. 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 Um that's fucking
0: yeah. Uh Oh yes, Riff Rith. Uh, <laughs> well done. I mean, this is 11 tracks and it does not two of them are interludes. Two more interludes, but this—it's not like either one of them feel like a waste at all. Especially not the second one. Still, it burns. That one's good, and then I, I also really liked uh, Infernal Region, which is a real mosh banger as well.
1: Yep, and then I mean naturally, you know, your your last track a little longer, uh, with a, a cut uh the the
0: Gordian Knot. Um, oh, that's a good one too. Yeah, Godrian. Gordian.
1: No, G O D R. Godrian. Mm. Anyways. Okay. (laughs) Interesting.
0: Uh, Anyway, so, yeah, this is just such a fun listen, and it's just one of the most mosh-inducing things that you will hear all year. Agreed. Um, You got anything else you want to add to that?
1: Album of the year, list, boom, that's it. Yeah, and if you like
0: Code Orange, Chamber, and Knocked Loose, I think you will really, really enjoy this album.
1: Um, Last question. What's the track, Christian? Uh,
0: Well, I really liked Limbo, I really liked Infernal Region, and I really liked Rithe. But uh, I they, think we should go ahead and give them Limbo. A I stagnant was going to say, bloom.
1: I mean, Rythe is already a single. Let's give them something else. Great.
0: So we're going to go ahead and play for you Limbo, A Stagnant Bloom, which is track one from Remain and Sustains' new full-length album, Fleshbound. And uh, I'll tell you when that came out. Excuse me. It came out on January 31st. There it is. <laughs> Here we go.
2: things you see.
0: So that was Limbo, a stagnant bloom. Just track one from Remain and Sustains' new album, Fleshbound, and that came out on January thirty first. So next, we're going to talk about the Motion Mosaic.
1: You guys ready for another ripping fucking band here?
0: Fuck, this is another really good one. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm really happy with this episode. Some good good bands for you. Uh, the Motion Mosaic are a five piece mathcore band from Twin Cities, Minnesota, Midwest. Hell yeah, and. uh they started back in 2016, releasing their debut album "Samsara" that same year, which is was very ambitious for a debut LP. And I think it's uh, I think ambitious kind of nicely sums up what this band's songwriting is all about.
1: They are all over, man.
0: They write very, very long. I mean, did you go back and listen to Samsara? It's, yeah. It's, like, expansive. Some of the songs clear eight and nine minutes. Like, they really fucking went in on that. It's 55 minutes long.
1: I hope I'm writing this to say that these guys are possibly influenced by Protest the Hero a little bit.
0: Oh, f- most assuredly
1: they are. Um, I- I've never That's been in my FFO for this band. I've always been um, an appreciator of Protest the Hero, but they, they've never grabbed me, and I don't know why. Like, the math is there for me. Like it, it, I'm it, right
0: there with you, bud. I, it, I like them too, but I just blood meat is the song that I really, really like, and then I I just get bored with it I saw them.
1: I saw them three separate times in at the triple rock, or no, two different times at the triple rock before I moved uh, away from the Midwest. And like it, yeah, they just
0: you're right. Even, it's like all the elements are there. I should love them on I, paper, but
1: I try. It's, it's so fucking weird. Does I mean do, I hope all of you out there listening, you guys have bands like that. We're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, like I get it, but. It just doesn't hit me, you know? Like, I don't know. That's, that's the band for me is Protest the Hero.
0: Well, let's not get too carried away with that. Um, what's yours? Uh, what's mine?
1: Yeah. There's um, my Facebook question to you, motherfucker. I, don't, pro,
0: I mean, Protest the Hero is kind of one of them, but uh, I, not, you're putting me on the spot, so I can't tell you. But let's get back to Motion Mosaic, <laughs> right? You're afraid. I see the sweat I dripping from your forehead. I am. I'm, I'm fucking shook right now. Okay, um, go ahead. But anyway, <laughs> Motion <must> say <laughs> have now returned with their sophomore release, now that Levi's done drilling me. Um, Avant Garbage, really clever title. And I'm although, surprised that
1: hasn't been taken yet.
0: I- I'm fucking astonished it hasn't been taken yet. Yep. It seems so obvious. It's well like, done. why didn't I think of that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and although it's not quite as ambitious in terms of scale and length, it only clocks in at a modest 45 minutes. <laughs> Um, it does almost like rival it, and uh, the overall quality of the music it has greatly improved.
1: Holy shit, dude! Like yes. this is a
0: much better, more polished band, and the songwriting is just—it's better. Um, right out of the gate, that's immediately clear, especially on uh, the first track, like "Broke Roads," um, which of course has that stuttering staccato mathcore language we all know and love. Um, and they they deliver this all over the course of about.
1: What track? What was track one? What was it called?
0: Uh, Broke Roads. Broke Roads. Okay, okay, okay. And it's like every track is a minimum of four minutes, too. So it really makes this record fucking dense, uh, just with unique parts and various tangents. There's a ton of, like, sidebars. Um Anyway, that was one of my favorite tracks.
1: Uh, Capital Fence, I got to say.
0: That's the best track.
1: Yo, though. with the jazzy piece in there, mm, you, give me some of
0: that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yep. Um, I think that that's probably where the album really starts to pick up, actually. It just has that lovely, clean, sort of atmospheric break that you're describing where the vocals are kind of in the background. And it's just such a fucking MySpace moment that you used to see from bands uh, like War From a Harlot's Mouth or Between the Bay to Me when the jazz, the jazz break, the clean break even, I wouldn't really call it jazz, but when the clean break was really popular, that just that really hits me the right way. Um, It just features some really interesting contrast between heavy and melody with that midsection of the song, like being a breakdown. Yes. It's like interlaced with those like really melodic runs. And then they they fully realize those melodic runs as its own sequence later on. So they spend clearly a lot of time tying together these sequences in ways that make sense.
1: This would be, I would describe this as a masterpiece. There is a lot going on here. There is layers in the dip. You got to fucking go through it. It's worth the ride. I mean, this is another album where it's like, just sit the fuck back and don't skip, man. Just listen to this album and see where, you know, track two ends and then starts up with three. You know, just everything together. Um, I... This is a this is a, this is an album that I continuously bob my head through, and at the end, it just ended and went to something else, and I didn't even notice it because I was like, "Wait, oh fuck, it's done now!" Like, "Oh my god, that was amazing."
0: It's quite an ex- listening experience. Yeah, I mean, just given the overall length of every track, a couple of them, I think, clock nine minutes if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, there are. Uh, yeah. Or maybe that was the last. No, album no, that, that was I'm the last of. one. But all these, I mean, every one is at least. Four minutes, and right. then you're going into like six minute tracks and everything. Um, shout out to these guys, though. Uh, they get some math cast points. Uh, you guys put your lyrics up. I appreciate that. <laughs> what are you gonna fucking
0: play something? Oh, there we go. He he wants wants
2: the lyrics. Lyrics.
0: Hmm. You do. Mm-hmm. He really does. <laughs>
3: um,
0: my favorite track, which is kind of ironic because it's the longest song, is uh, DMT Daydream. Like. I, I feel like they're just, I feel like the band is sort of lacking conciseness. What are you going to say?
1: It is a frantic track, and I fucking love that track.
0: Yes, exactly. It's, um, although, again, as I was just saying, I feel like this album kind of lacks conciseness, but this one is, it just starts out so strongly that, as you're saying, that, that opening sequence especially is really head spinning, um, and uh, the melodic sung moments are some of the best on the album. Like, it just has that really great build up around five minutes in the song that I wish they just repeated a few more times and ended there, but instead they decided to go off for another minute and a half, which is fine. But it, you know, every every part of the song is goddamn impressive anyway. So, um, I also really liked Highway Amnesia, which was uh, very catchy and like melodic post-hardcore. Um, kind of reminded me of Under Oath there. They really. Ooh like...
1: yes, 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 yes.
0: But then it also has that part which is like so obviously like a, a Dillinger Escape Plan esque sequence like. So much to the point that I think they directly borrowed a Dillinger part off of one of us as the killer. Yep.
1: Are we recording? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we are okay. we're recording. <laughs> are we recording? Because like that's a fair question. Sometimes, I guess.
1: sometimes when I watch the thing and, then it, and it goes over and stuff, and it's, I just quality controlled Christian for the first time. I think it's the first time I ever checked you like that.
0: Like, yo, is everything think... working? Like, <laughs> really? like, sorry. On the air anyway. Yeah. Last
1: episode we did that quite a few times where we we're just talking to each other and not, not nobody else. So I was just checking. <laughs> Anyways. it happens um but uh yeah um this all in all uh we we just covered two separate bands that just put out solid 10 11 track albums um well done guys
0: yeah it's it's a fucking it's a lot to chew on honestly it, it's a lot of it's a lot of content um you know i also really liked uh, Madib.
1: Oh, the last Maud, track? Mouth
0: Deep, yeah, yeah. yeah they just seem to be channeling some of the best material on this album, especially with that buildup that happens around two minutes, which is then reiterated moments later in length and again to close out the album. So they kind of like tease you for a second and then give you exactly what you want. A uh, bit of delayed gratification there, and it works really well. I think they do that well in general. Um, they really do delay the gratification, which is kind of a, uh, a double-edged sword, which leads me to my my, my criticisms. Uh this is more of a personal preference, and this band is clearly overflowing with ideas, but I think it's too many. I, I could have done without the two instrumental tracks. Like, they didn't really seem to serve any purpose other than to maybe like provide a breather in a live setting. Like they
1: were short enough where I let I let it pass. You know, I mean, one's two and a half. I mean, one's like two and a half about, and the other one's like a
0: minute and a half. You were really in for the listening experience. I, I admire that, but yeah, again, those were the I could have done without those um, and essentially I think that they could definitely work on being a bit more concise and trim down the length, distill some of the better ideas and just, just cut some of the fat, you know, Uh, just back to being concise. But uh, one last thing, also $1 a song is a little high there for digital. Uh, I would suggest lowering that price a bit. Sweet spot for a full length is like eight bucks. In my experience, I assure you, you'll see more transactions. This is a repeated, this is a repeated rant on this podcast, but a dollar a song for digital you know for digital artifacts makes no sense you know you should definitely consider a more socialist price scale and you can fucking crucify me for using the word socialist if you want
1: we have two sides of this we always have the rant of like hey uh one dollar per track is quite a bit um as well we kind of go on the whole uh
0: band camp you know that the, the more transactions you get the more money that you will end up accruing
1: yep and then the sweet spot you know it's like that eight dollar amount you know uh what we always say if you don't know like what to charge i mean do a donation you'd be shocked of what you get sometimes
0: Oh, you know? I mean, I agree. I, I personally believe that digital should probably, <laughs> if you're like a band that no one knows about, for example, you should be probably charging name your own price just to encourage people to to get the album to begin with. And more often than not, as Levi was saying, they'll surprise you by throwing you a few extra bucks. Absolutely. Um, a band like this, that's well established, of course, they're you know they probably spent money in the studio and they want to at least see some small return, which is again why I suggest merch. Well, merch is one way of doing it, of course. This is a, this is a whole other can of worms we're starting to open right now, in terms of what it means to be a, an underground band and how to you know activate. Excuse me, uh, how to run it, uh, viably, as it were.
1: So on that note. If you guys don't agree with the one dollar songs, but you do want to give Motion Mosaic love, uh, they do have some pretty nice, sweet bundle packs. I'm seeing like on their merch and everything, so they are trying to sell merch. Like I just I was just bl- blabbing about that. So um, if you guys do want to give them support, like any of these other bands, I mean uh, Bandcamp is great. You get to listen to the music and go at the bottom and buy a fucking t-shirt too.
0: Yeah, they it, they do have physicals fortunately. Yep. So that's what I would uh, normally say is hopefully you've got. You've got physicals. They're, you know, they're probably just trying to like, match the price point for their CD, but let's not read too much into their thinking. Word. Um, so uh, what's your favorite song, Levi?
1: Honestly, dude, um, just due to it being... I mean, with the jazz and everything in there, I really loved uh, Capital Offense. I thought it was just a great uh, song.
0: Okay. you want to give them that one? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we're going to give you uh, Capital Offense, which is track two from... The Motion Mosaic's new album, Avant Garbage, and that came out on February 22nd. Here we go. so that was what was the name of that song again? Uh, Capital Offense. Capital Offense by the Motion Mosaic, and that's off their new album Avant Garbage. And holy fuck, that is great! And they also have—I just noticed—a hundred-dollar merch bundle. So if you want to get six pieces of apparel plus a CD, hundred bucks. Pretty T-shirts,
1: good deal. T-shirts, long sleeve hoodie for all your fucking
0: seasons, and you get the fucking record. Boom! That's a pretty goddamn good deal. Yeah, I have to agree. It's five pieces yeah, of merch. Five pieces of merch. Yeah. Nonetheless. That's definitely worth more than a hundred dollars over considering the hoodie. Hummy.
1: that's a good that's a good price right yeah. there. Yep, That's a good deal. So I'll take it.
0: We'll give you some mathcast points for that. How many? Let's say let's say fifteen hundred mathcast points.
1: Absolutely.
0: Fifteen hundred and five. Wow. Yeah. You
1: well. know it's a Friday.
0: Yeah. Fuck it. I'm feeling generous. Yeah,
1: dude. Hell yeah. Good. <laughs> oh
0: man. All right. Um. Next man. No, let's. Uh, oh. I'm thinking that we take a couple more questions because we got so Buck fucking six. many this time. So. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, uh, so here's one from Otis. He says, you are an architect. Your client wants a room twice as long as it is wide.
3: Oh, they also want
0: a three meter wide veranda along the side. Your client has 56 square meters of beautiful marble tiles to cover the whole area. What should the length of the room be? Hmm. Do you see the follow-up? I thought I might fucking... Yeah, I did. That um, was fucking... <laughs> I thought I might cheat and like try to do the math for this ahead of time, but uh, I, I can't even begin to, especially on this spot. Comp- Otis,
1: I'm very upset with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Levi, you lost him at the first thing. He doesn't know what a meter is, first of all. Yeah, so. what's a
1: meter, you son of a bitch? Huh? <laughs> you throw numbers in there, too? Pissing me off.
0: Um, You, you, you have one on your...
1: Yeah, um actually this is once again this is one for you. I'm kind of being a little picky here. Uh uh when do uh we get the full scope on uh uh the the myth 2020?
0: Um so
1: Mathcore Index Fest. We are
0: I'm so glad that you asked cuz we are very 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 close to starting making um starting to make some we're at least going to announce the date and the location, uh, the city that is and the venue here uh right now we're gonna
1: say no (laughs) no
0: definitely not in the next couple weeks um so very soon you will start to hear uh about the lineup we we actually just had a revelation um we were able to utilize an entirely different part of the venue that's kind of giving it away if you know kind of already know what city it's going to be in you might already now know what venue it's at um but we just added uh basically five or six more bands, I think. So it just went from being like 10 bands to being like 15 bands.
1: Um, there is another question, like the dream math core index fest booking active bands only. I would like to say regionally, that's basically what Christian has done every year so far is basically,
0: Those are kind of my dream lineups. Yeah, it's like a
1: dream lineup of active bands in this area. Ultimately,
0: if I if I could just like throw bands in my shopping cart, willy nilly, give me give me a give me a four to five band
1: show at DNA that we your dream set. Just Um, we're gonna we're going. I feel self
0: conscious because I feel like I gotta fucking pick a lineup that makes sense. I'm just gonna say bands that I would really just like love to have perform at my festival, and that would be, of course, Car Bomb, Number Twelve, Looks Like You, Um, Cult Leader. The Fall of Troy, Horse the Band, uh, Curl Up and Die. Um, who else, man? Uh, I, I, that's all I can think of on the top of my head, honestly.
1: Solid lineup. That's good.
0: Those are all like some seminal, not seminal, but they're all fucking crucial. Let's say quintessential math court bands or bands that are adjacent at least.
1: <laughs> um, some of these are so fucking ridiculous.
0: I've got one. Um, what's your favorite Grindcore album, Levi? Grindcore? Mm-hmm. Oh, Pig Destroyer, Prowler in the Yard. Fucking good call, dog. Yeah. I would say if it's not Phantom Limb, it's Prowler in the Yard. Or um, I also really, really like Worm Rot's. T- I think it's like their 2014 one. I can't remember what it's fucking called right now, but it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, I'm going to cheat and look it up right now. <laughs>
1: yeah uh that yeah the uh the grind in general yeah just pig destroyer pig Game destroyer
0: on. is my favorite grindcore band by far like i really love everything that fucking those guys do um what was the fucking name it was voices worm rat voices is really really yes, good yes
1: that is a good album Fuck oh that man. one yeah, yeah that one was fucking a <laughs> ripper
0: like it just has these much like longer sequences that i'm used to hearing them do um Buried the Sun, which is like really, really riffy for them. It's not like it's not just like a blast fest. It's yep. like kind of a. It's like it's quite a song in its own right. A very complete song. Um, three minutes.
1: Uh, favorite favorite album is that, but I would say just overall, I would say what band I could just you can give me any grind track from and I'll take it. Maruda. Oh yeah. I'll take any Maruda you, you give me. I don't care any any album. Like I'll just yeah, I'll, I'll take that. That's
0: another good call for sure. Maruda is also. One of my all-time favorite like death grind bands. I I feel like they, you know, basically no one has to do the genre anymore because they have already done it better than it could ever be done again. I haven't haven't ever another band really top death grind since then that comes to mind immediately. There's just probably a couple, but
1: um, let's do one more here. Uh, oh wait, did you want to check out the voice? Do you want to look up? Yeah, Yeah, let's. uh,
0: We've got a voice memo from uh, our our buddy Danny, of course, Torso. Let's see what he has to say. You pull
1: that up.
2: just wondering what your earliest memories are of falling in love with music
1: bye god i fucking love your heart and your soul danny uh what a good question um
0: he's an absolute lad you go ahead first my first memories of falling in love with music oh man that is a real tough one for sure just
1: give him one one little
0: uh my very earliest memory was um genesis invisible touch (laughs) I remember very, very distinctly loving that song when I was about th- th- three or four years old whenever it came out. Like, I remember that song coming out and just being like, this is amazing. Like, I'm not, like, a much of a, a fan of, of uh, Phil Collins today, but that's a really great song.
1: That, uh, Genesis, I can't remember where that came in my life, but I remember that as well being very, like... uh What was the. Oh, no. Phil. It was just Phil Collins doing. I. uh, Because he's just one of the guys. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Never mind. I. I, Any. Any of my childhood, I just remember Phil Collins. I lied.
0: My other one was. Uh. Was Michael Jackson dangerous, though. That one fucking also really hit me hard. And then. Um. To just to take him. Like. While Levi is thinking over there. Uh. Another one that really stuck with me was my uncle gave me. Um. Neutral Milk Hotel and. Uh you know, in the aeroplane over the sea. And then he also gave me modest mouse, lonesome, crowded, uh, lonesome, crowded West. And both of those were like life changing for me. Both those albums fucking really, really, uh, got me interested in more in like playing music myself. Mm. So I think Mm -hmm. that might've been more of a catalyst moment as like a musician. And then, um, rage against the machine and Deftones and tool. When all those bands started coming out, like that's when I picked up the guitar and actually started like playing like a lot. So,
1: uh I think uh, so I guess all in all like when I was a, when, I, when I when I was younger uh I just heavily remember every last thing ever watching on MTV so I just I just remember being heavily in, in I, I'm just me being from the Midwest I guess all I had was TV uh the the music was a little like there like there was no radio good radio in, in North Dakota it, you know so I I thankfully my parents let me watch any TV I wanted, really, when I was a child. So I remember just, like, growing up, just... So, MTV, I guess, first of all, but then at the age of eight, uh, when uh, Green Day, I think it was... I think Dookie came oh, out. Oh yeah, Dookie was so another Dookie, one for me, for sure. So Dookie came out in 94. Um, I was just turning eight years old. And Dookie, uh, this was when it was, so 94 was when CDs and cassettes were both, like CD was. CDs were really big, but cassettes were still like everywhere. They were mm-hmm. kind of falling out, but they were People everywhere. still made mixtapes. You, you know, you'd go to Tower Records and like there was still a very large cassette area um, and shit like that. Uh, so, and Sam Goody and everything. So I remember my cousin giving me a tape version of Dookie without the cover. It was just the actual cassette. And then, and Sorry. then, uh, no, it's all good. And then, uh, and then randomly, like a week after, my cousin gave me the cassette, I found the CD version on the uh, on the road somewhere in my town, just like kind of ha- half scratched. So like at the age of eight, I just remember like blasting Dookie a lot. And then from there, it was just like, it was off from there. Yeah, but, you uh, keep
0: reminding me of stuff that really changed my life. Yeah, Dookie, yeah. somebody gave me Sublime, self-titled, and uh, Dookie on one cassette, and I fucking jammed that cassette until it no longer played. Yeah.
1: So um, I mean ultimately I just I would like to say just MTV music, uh, just MTV television. That's my first music cuz I cuz I can,
0: MTV played a big part in my my I'm, formative years too. I mean
1: fuck man, I I, I, I remember give, I was given Brooks and Dunn in in third grade, you know, like an album like Garth Brooks in second grade. But I Yo, mean, Brooks that was Dunn music and slappers though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, listen, Something man.
0: terrible about myself. My, wanna... my parents loved Brooks and Dunn, and I thought that they actually were able to fucking write some pretty goddamn memorable tunes. Like Garth hate... Brooks as well, fucking I'll, amazing. Yeah, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll give know. it to him for sure.
1: So, so I mean, but all in all, like what. I am today. I remember just yeah, Green Day, Dookie. Boom.
0: You can never catch me admitting that under any other circumstance. But since we're being so transparent, well, today. we just did it
1: to the internet. So there, <laughs> boom. Good place just to yell Immortalized at. Immortalized our yep. shame. Yes. Yep. Um. So yeah, let's let's just call it good with that. And... I think
0: that's that's good for now. Yeah. All right. Um. So let's talk about some more bands. Next, we're going to talk about Crust. Crust are a cha- uh, well chaotic hardcore mathcore. Band from Madrid, Spain. And uh, they started back in 2017, released a debut EP in 2018, followed it with a single in 2019, and now they're back with their debut LP, Barely Buried Love, which was released on the 20th of February via Zegama Beach Records on 12 Inch Final. <laughs> Zegama again. We cannot. Rushing have it. We're, I mean, he, he wants us to come on uh, Open Mind, Saturated Brain podcast at some point and have a, a crossover, so hopefully, you do that. Same with The Heaviest, too, by the way. Mm. Yeah, I'm hopefully going on their show next week, even. Um, but anyway, um, so back to Crossed. Crossed uh, play chaotic hardcore, which could be described as mathcore at times, with those scathy mid-high-range vocals and just huge feedback-laden breakdowns. <clears throat> this is just kind of one that came out of left field for me last month. I hadn't even heard of this band until last month, actually. Until January, even, when they released those first two singles. But, yep. oh my god, is it nasty.
1: I I have, I this this band basically gives me um, the joy that I've I received from Remain Sustain and the the Motion Mosaic uh, in this uh, episode. I don't have a lot to say about Cross because everything is just amazing. It's just this dark, heavy mathcore ride. I wish you guys lived in the U S so I could see you <laughs> and uh, thanks for posting the lyrics. That's pretty much all I got to say, man. Um, I just thoroughly enjoyed this release. It's Did just you go back and heavy. listen to their dark ca- or their back catalog? Yeah. Right? The back catalog. Once again, this is a band that I feel um, this album is separate from everything else.
0: Again. Yeah. Just like Romanian sustain. Yeah. Uh, they have improved. You have finally tuned. You're, like,
1: you know,
0: yeah. I don't know if he went back and jammed the 2018 EP, but it's kind of rough. Um, the, the single was a little better, but it's just like the songwriting pales in comparison to what they've accomplished on this release. This is like head and shoulders better. And I don't know if it's a different vocalist, but it seems like maybe his technique is also improved. But um, either way, you know, it, it the early stuff has its moments, but it's still pretty rough around the edges. And honestly, it's like laughable when compared to this new material. Um, Barely Buried Love shows significant improvement just overall with far more energy and focus in the presentation. The songwriting is way more concise. The songs yep. are shorter, basically. Um, With a op- lot
1: of lyrical content in these small, in these short songs.
0: too. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot of words. Um,
1: <laughs> Lots of words.
0: <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, the opener is is not even sixty seconds, but it just kind of like lays out very clear how far this band have come. And uh, track two, Melancholia, though, I seriously felt like I was hearing portrayal of guilt for the first time all over again when they. They just like hit you with that huge mathy feedback breakdown, um, and it's just it's just all done so masterfully well. Mm-hmm. well or said. not to say the I'm sorry, read, misreading my notes there. The they they hit you apart with it's kind of like a little more of that. I don't want to say black and screen, but, but again, just portrayal of guilt. Like they that's another band that's kind of sort of finally like tuning. Yeah, they are yeah. starting to form. They've lost members Influence. but beefed
1: up their sound. It's kind of interesting.
0: They're becoming influential, though, is what I'm trying to oh, say. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like they're starting to, like, really inspire. It's clearly they're, – they're clearly inspiring a lot of bands. I'm stumbling on my words here. But um, it doesn't stop there either. Track three, Long Night, probably my favorite track.
1: It, it, it's, they, they release this as, as a single, mm-hmm. and I get why, because it is the track for it's me. It's
0: catchy, that dang dang ding, dang ding ding, mm-hmm. ding, ding, ding. Yep. Very sludgy midsection, almost kind of botchy in a way. Um, Scorched Earth was a great track, too. Reminded me of Gulch, the way that Gulch approaches putting that fresh spin on an old-school sound. Um, and same goes with the track Ghost, too. Just, like, really giving me shades of Gulch there. And uh, the other track that I really liked was No Love, which also starts off with a bit more... That
1: was another single of theirs. Um, it's kind
0: of a bit more straightforward initially, but it's like got one of the the most memorable breakdowns on the album, and it really just kept recalling from a second story window for me. Mm. I think maybe I make that comparison because of the vocals, but that song in particular really just hits it for me. He reminds me of the vocalist of Gulch a lot too. It's probably why I also make that comparison. But um, anyway, this is just easily one of the greatest albums in chaotic hardcore music this year, uh, and. It's a perfect mix of old school and new school, hardcore and metalcore.
1: We have just, these last three bands have just been full lengths of pure gold. So do your homework, everybody. We're already running
0: listen. really long on this episode. So for that, we apologize. But uh, hopefully you uh, you like these bands.
1: So yeah, but uh, I mean.
0: Long Night, for yeah, sure. Fu- yeah, let's do that. All right. So um, we're going to give you Long Night, which is track three from Crost's new full length album, Barely Buried Love, which came out. February 20th, uh, excuse me, February 14th via Zegama Beach Records. Here we go. So that was Long Night by Crossed and that's track three off their new album Barely Buried Love which came out on February 14th and you know what else that was reminding me of um, was Converge there especially with the vocals it kind of reminds me of the end of Under Duress even <laughs> <laughs> it's like really really similar to that um, and just a quick FFO Portrayal of Guilt, The Chariot, Vane uh, Converged and um, yeah those bands Hmm. If you like those bands, you will like this band. Did I say Vane already? Vane. The beginning of that song was like totally reminding me of Vane.
1: For fans of Converge, Vane. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) Atcore Index. For fans of Converge, we just mindlessly make comparisons. Apparently, like, listen, I don't really give a shit. Like, I like doing FFOs. If it takes a reductive comparison to get you to click, I'm gonna do it. Yep. All right. So uh, next, we're gonna give you your release radar for the month of February. So first and most notably for me, uh, and I'm sure for Levi as well, "Fearmonger" by Beneath the Massacre. Wow. Uh, even though it's been, what, eight years or something? Have they,
1: not skipped a fucking step, man.
0: No, this is, I swear to God, it was like the first time I heard the band all over again. Mm-hmm. Like, it made my hair stand on end. It's its just as good and inspired, if not even better, than their older material. Uh, Fluid Existential Inversions by Intronaut. You know, I've never been too crazy on this band, but for some reason, this album did actually manage to grab me. I jammed the whole thing and uh, enjoyed it. Um, Some progressive metal from... I forget where they're from at the moment. Uh, Barely Buried Love by Crossed, which we just talked about earlier in this episode. Uh, As well as the Floral LP by Floral. And Avant Garbage by The Motion Mosaic, all of which we have just talked about on this podcast. Uh, Willow by Reflections, their first album in... I think it's also been uh, I think four or five years or something for them. Uh, Locus by Sater from Atlanta, not to be confused with the band from Indonesia. Mind Index by Joseph A. Peragine or Peragine, not sure how to pronounce that. Featuring Chris Penny of the Dillinger Escape Plan. And speaking of which, uh, Fire for Water, the new single by Greg Puciato, uh, also of the Dillinger Escape Plan, and also featuring Chris Penny. Now, which technically came out in March, but there's no way in hell that we're going to wait another month to not mention that to you. Yep. Right?
1: Yep, yep. Did you hear that, by the way? Huh? I have not listened to it yet. Um, you are more of the Dillinger skate plan person. So.
0: It's a fucking good single. Like, it sounds like Dillinger to me. Like, it's it's heavy. I, I'm cautiously optimistic, though, because I, I don't see the rest of the album being that good. But we'll see. Um, for Trail of Guilt and Slow Fire Pistol dropped to Split 7. Japanese bonus tracks by Benoit. Featuring members of Black Sheep Wall and Columbia Necktie for those that don't know, and now you do. Uh, On the Air of Instability by Countdown from Ten.
1: Did you listen to that? No, but I did listen to that Benoit. Whoop.
0: It's good. Um go listen to Countdown from Ten. Like
1: Here, I'm put- Countdown from
0: yeah, uh, we're definitely going to be talking about them next episode. They they really stepped it up with this new material. If for some reason, their older EP just didn't really grab me. Uh, we, we talked about covering them on this podcast and just didn't end up getting around to doing that. Word. But uh, we're, it has to be done now because they've, they've, you've got my attention now. It I'm must be done. 10. It must be done. <laughs> what is it? Reason will prevail. Um, <laughs> and uh, speaking of bands that we talked about covering but didn't, uh, next by trying science. Uh, they just released a new EP, and it's good, man. We'll probably talk about them next episode as well. Uh, then self-titled debut EP from Dead Motions featuring Armando from uh, Name, the drummer of Name's new project, Dead Motions. You, uh, you heard that, Levi? Nope. It's good. Like chaotic hardcore, kind of like nails, sort of. Ooh. Um, Bed Full of Snakes, the new single from Methwitch, who has a new album coming out April 3rd. Fuck yeah. Stare into Death and Be Still, the new single from Ulcerate which is also the uh, name of the album title, which is out April 24th. Uh, Orphan Donor, the solo project of the homie Jared of Secret Cutter and October Skyline. Released a couple new singles, new album out later this month, I think. And then uh, this is some late news from January, but I wanted to mention it because I forgot last time. The Heads Are Zeros released a live album uh, posthumously, so that is also available for your listening pleasure. So that was your release radar for the month of February. So next, we're going to talk about Runts. Runts are a mathcore duo from Dallas, Texas, and Chicago, Illinois, featuring uh, James of Fetish Hotel. Well, I think we talked about previously.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We if we didn't talk about Fetish Hotel, I think we talked about one of his other bands.
1: Fetish Hotel sounds familiar for some weird reason.
0: Yeah, um, it's like a solo cyber grind project, um, but. Runt seemed to be a new project, although their Facebook indicates the project might have been brewing since 2017. But they just finally released uh, their debut self-titled EP, which is five tracks of DIY mathcore with screeched vocals and huge breakdowns left and right um, that all our listeners are sure to find to be a fresh take on the nostalgia of the MySpace era.
1: Yep, the heavy breakdowns, the high and the lows, the free jazz parts, great (laughs) joke titles, like fucking game on, dude. Yes,
0: truly, all of those things, yes. Um, I love the CP as a whole, but despite its obvious flaws. I mean, it's it's home-produced, so, you know... sound is what, you know... There's also no bass guitar, and the drums are programmed, so it's, it's kind of... It's a duo! It's lacking that low-end and the organic drum sounds, but the material is fucking great. Like, track one, Liquid Chest Cave, which is super sick, and has those obvious Galaga the Movie hand claps, which I I can't even be mad that they robbed that, because it's just... It's so well placed. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking perfect. R-
1: uh, I, I love their artwork. It matches the 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 sound very well.
0: The art was done by Connie uh, Scarbosa of CU Space Cowboy.
1: Nice. That is uh, well done. Who is um, quite
0: the accomplished uh, graphic artist. If you don't know, she does fucking good covers. Well done, Connie. Like I would commission her um, if I wasn't going to already commission uh, Jeff Lasars, who did the Calista Boys. Cover. Who. I wish I, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing your name right, Jeff.
1: I always say pretty, lasers in my head. Yeah. I, I like that better.
0: I sent him a package that said Jeff Charizard the other day. <laughs> I was pretty pleased with myself. Suffice to say, mom, um, thank you, Levi. I really appreciate that laughter. That was good. <laughs> See, not everyone gets a chance to even appreciate my brilliance. Um, uh, okay. All so right. All right. All right. All right. I'm pretty sure it's Jeff Lazar's though. Um, but anyway, uh, covers. So, um, moving on from that, uh, I also really loved track two gang bang mask theory. That's Uh, the one that's mine. Yeah. Because it just has that massive breakdown in the middle and uh, it just makes me want to jump out of my chair and start windmilling. Like it it just, and it wraps up with a ton of sass. And speaking of sass, I liked track three malarkey swimsuit, which is undoubtedly the album's dance number. You know, it's got that beginning part. That's just like, so floor to the floor, uh, floor to the floor, disco beat. And, I hate to be dating myself here, but y'all remind me of Antarctica, my old band. Like, it really was giving me that Gallagher the movie early daughters, um, kind of feel. It also really reminded me of Wilzyax. On that note, since we're talking about second and third generation daughters inspired bands, um, just with that that just that dancey, effect laden kind of sequence. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm rambling now. Lil ZX,
1: it's on that mark there for sure. First,
0: like, Just very, very similar there. Yep. Um, and overall, this is just a fun, dancey listen that also brings that math core and tech grind madness that was really embraced by m- bands of the MySpace era. Um, and again, Early Daughters, Heavy Heavy Lolo, Destroyer Destroyer, all of these things. Uh, I think that you'll really enjoy this band. All that's really missing is bass guitar for me. So uh, that being said... I like track one. You like track two. Which would you say is the the one we should give? Let's give them that listeners?
1: gang bang. Let's get the, get some breakdowns in there. Come on! Great.
0: So we're gonna give you uh, gang bang mask theory, which is track two from Runt's new self titled EP, which came out on January fourteenth. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so that was Gangbang Mask Theory from Runts, and that's off their new self titled EP, which came out back in January. So, next, we're going to talk about Shipley Hollow. Shipley Hollow are a three piece math rock band from Toronto, Canada, featuring uh, members of Parliament Owls, who we've talked about on this podcast previously. I do remember them. Yes, um, the Homeo Marcus actually came out with one of the other dudes from the band. They came out from Canada to the fest, to um, MathCore Index Fest 2018 so fucking just like a ride or die homie to be certain um and uh shipley hollow started back in 2011 releasing their first single in 2012 three eps in uh, 2013 um very busy that year uh an ep in 2014 what's arguably their first lp in 2015 two eps in 2017 so just a huge back catalog Damn, and now, they're, yeah, and now they're back with their, um yeah, just a lot of releases. And now they're back with their seventh EP, I think it is, uh, Infinite Jet, uh, <laughs> almost bumbled that, Infinite Zest, rather, which is a reference that is sure to gone over Levi's head. Uh, what? <laughs> Took the desired reaction. No, um, but
1: what, what are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? Seriously? Uh,
0: Infinite, Infinite Jest is a, a book, but let's not even fucking get into that. Um... Uh, fucking somebody reads infinite Jest in um what is it family guy or something anyway let's um, let's not it's a skit we'll talk about it later okay um anyway so yeah they've they've been busy for a long time with these small albeit densely packed releases and this newest one is no exception Um, This is one of the best things in math rock that I've heard in a long time, actually, and I'm really sad that I didn't know about this band until just quite recently.
1: So, due to a miscommunication here, um, I did not listen to this band until right now. Uh, I listened to basically two and a half tracks, uh, but holy fucking shit, um, this is uh, on my phone. I picked the very
0: best moments of the best tracks to show, of course.
1: heading home, jamming this motherfucker, Uh, this is amazing math rock and the cover of this is a watercolor it appears to be a watercolored gentleman jet skiing or a woman jet skiing and i gotta tell you it fits the music so fucking well dude it is definitely a mood like that is that is it right there
0: it's great yeah i i really like it too it's like a hotel painting album cover basically
1: sign me up
0: love it it's really wonderful um it's just they play this really groove-oriented form of math rock that relies less on tapping that is so really popular right now. Mm-hmm. And instead they focus on kind of meandering riffs and infectious hooks, that smack of Midwest emo.
1: It brings that, that 90s kind of Midwest vibe for sure. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, the, the guitar tone is very unique to me and the vocals are very unique to me as well. Um, they both just kind of... Like Both head-turner. of
0: those aesthetics reminded me of Japan Droids repeatedly. I don't know why that kept. I, that's like kind of a go-to, maybe comparison for me when I'm thinking of like kind of like Note indie to rock self, bands. self,
1: go back to the Japan Droids for a little bit. Great,
0: great band. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason that I think that is because of that chorus effect that you're. I'm pretty sure that you're referencing word um, that we were hearing in there the title track of this album. Um, and yeah, I just feel super guilty that I didn't know about this sooner because honestly, this is amazing. Uh, it's just. I really just enjoyed this EP. It, one of the major highlights for me is the first track, as any, of course, good album should be, you know, but this one in particular really manages to show off all the best the band has to offer and manages to not dive too extensively into the noodly progressive bits they hint at, um, because they do do that. They kind of go off with these really kind of almost proggy riffs um, in a way that Old Delta Sleep did. Like, it reminds me of Old Delta Sleep quite a bit. Uh, that was another thing that just kept recurring to me. Um and just great lyrics too, you know, uh, left and right. I really enjoyed the lyrics on this album. I thought they were really, really strong. Um, I also liked Twinkle Daddy. I'll just take this away, Levi, because I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't really. Remember, yeah, I kind of
1: got it. Um, Twinkle Daddy, woo!
0: That's oh. a fucking ripper. It that intro is basically absinthe party at the Fly Honey Warehouse oh. on steroids. Uh, it's just a really lovely and catchy number with this super tight triplet groove that follows. That like I really like the drumming and the grooves in this album particularly the rhythm the rhythm section is very strong um and it also just has some of the album's most memorable vocal lines and lyrics probably because that melody is actually repeated the proper amount of times to give it that quality um pretenderizer was good uh and then of course the title track infinite zest even though it's a bit more long-winded because they take their time and sort of ease into the song with that atmospheric intro but um I think that song also just has the album's main sing-along moment is uh, oh, you didn't think I misinterpreted every single word and the pages stick together. Big feels there. <laughs>
1: um, once again, uh, it was kind of a tease just uh, listening to this for just a little bit. So this is immediately yeah, going on. Levi
0: has just had like 10 minutes with this band just now. And I want more. It's <laughs> really, really good. Um, and you know, The thing is they do uh, they do vocals on most of these songs, but two of them are instrumental. Um, it's, so it's seven songs, two instrumentals, and uh, what was I going to say? I just lost my place in my notes there. It was kind of reminding me of Horse Torso and Elaine the Singer, um, Floral's sister band that they've kind of been exploring lately. I feel like that no-wave fucking approach is kind of permeating math rock a lot more these days. Uh, of course, it always did from the beginning a bit with bands like Flying Lutenbachers but, and uh, Arabon Radar both arguably have those elements in them. But again, I feel like those just kind of like wonky ass riffs that are kind of just very non repeating, very non like hookish, you know, I feel like that's becoming more popular again. And I'm, I'm into it. Um, so what track are you thinking, Levi?
1: Fuck that twinkle daddy is pretty fucking fire, but that also the ending track, that infinite zest was pretty solid.
0: The, my problem with that one is I think it might take a bit too long to develop. So maybe we should give them, uh, Twinkle Daddy, perhaps.
1: Uh, you seem a little hesitant. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know. Um, honestly, we did we play Glass Ceiling? Is that the one we played before?
0: No, we listened to Nymph Chimsky. That was a good one. That that started strong. I felt. <laughs> Let's just give him track one then. Fuck it. All right. But I highly suggest that you, if you like what you hear on track one, that you should go listen to Twinkle Daddy and Infinite Zest because those are the the biggest highlights for me. If I, it's
1: seven tracks. Listen to the whole thing. Yeah,
0: I mean. Wish we had time to do that before we recorded this yep. podcast. But yep. anyway, so we're going to just do our default thing and give you the first track, which is Nymph Chimsky, And that's uh, track one from Infinite Zest, which is Shipley Hollow's new album that came out back in December. Here we go. So that was Nymph Chimsky, which is track one from Shipley Hollow's new album Infinite Zest, and that came out on December twentieth of twenty nineteen. So we're gonna go ahead and take a couple more questions here. You got one on the tip of your tongue? I'm
1: um, pulling them up here. Uh, da, 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 da.
0: What's R- the more, from one from Kevin? Um, I was gonna say Marie
1: has a fucking Epstein question. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kevin says, speaking of which, what is the most believable conspiracy theory you've heard and why? If you don't have any, what's the most ridiculous conspiracy theory you've heard and why? Feel free to answer both or one. One or both. Um, Personally, for me, the most believable conspiracy theory... uh, Wow, see, I I think all conspiracy theories are fucking nonsense, so that's a real fucking hard one for me, but I definitely, every once in a while, the Kennedy assassination kind of, I go back and I think about that, and, you know, just the trajectory of the bullet, um... It's just that there's definitely a lot to talk about there. Maybe I'm just because I'm not an expert on the subject that I, I'm so no, confused, but.
1: And no, everybody, he is actually not listening to the last podcast on the left where no. they are on part two. And now today will be part three of the Kennedy assassination. And this is where three, That's a and, deep one. three and four is where they're going into now the 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 theories uh, They basically one and two were, you know, this is what they believe or we believe. And now. Three and four are going to be some doozies. So, uh, anyways, Christian just pulled that out of his butt. So, just letting everybody know.
0: And Marie asks on that note: Did Epstein kill himself? That I mean, I don't want to say that's a believable conspiracy theory per se, but fuck, like everyone, a lot. It's it definitely makes some questions come up, like why was there not security guards during that particular time and whatever. But. I think
1: he pulled the. Cho- I think he pulled the chapo thing. He went through the hole in the wall, and he's fucking somewhere in some <laughs> down tunnel or
0: something like that. Again, I don't. I don't. I don't buy into conspiracy theories. Just generally speaking, what about you, Levi? What what conspiracy theories do you find believable or completely uh, ridiculous? My the one I find completely ridiculous. Just to cut you off. Sorry. Jeez. I think nine eleven conspiracy theories. That's the most disrespectful shit I can even think of. So yeah. I won't even elaborate on my feelings about that. It's just nine eleven conspiracy theories. That's
1: yeah okay uh dumbest uh hollow earth i think that's fucking even dumber oh, than flat earth too, well yeah. flat earth but i feel like hollow earth is even just it's that i don't know why i feel it's like five percent extra crazy um and but it, flat earth is also equally crazy uh but uh and then um i guess just right now just due to because I, I i do listen to uh, the last podcast on the left and uh, i am obsessed with the kennedy assassination right now so that would say my my two so
0: yeah, yeah that one is is definitely uh that's a it's a mind boggler yeah it's very perplexing um, worst Dillinger Escape Plan song? Ooh, well, for me, um, I've gone back and forth about this with Black Bubblegum and Milk Lizard, but then I just had this moment, like, I had this epiphany even live when I saw them performing it for the last time when I was like, oh my god, I really do love this song. When he says, and you were there, and I was every question that um, was never, never answered that one fucking uh you
1: love every song come on now
0: that really that really spoke to me live i'm i uh, and you were there and i was every question that never had an answer fuck's sake i don't know why i couldn't remember that on the spot but.
1: so christian's like 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 top boner jams band i say would be dillinger Skate Plan. Yes. My myself is converge um so we kind of like like yin and yang there with those two bands as far as like our knowledge and love um so i gotta say like overall i don't listen i haven't really listened to much or focused on their later catalog but i was not a fan for uh, irony as a dead scene i thought just in general i mean i love mike patton but it just even
0: like back then when god when good dogs do bad things is kind of a little ridiculous honestly and hollywood squares is a little annoying like
1: yeah, Christian's got specific ones. I would just say it's just the air. I remember. Just like when Irony of Death scene was out, I was like, mm, this, I don't like
0: this. I've never, I, I like Mike Patton, but yeah, I feel like his relatively small contribution to the Dillinger escape plan is way overhyped.
1: I will not say anything else. I don't want to upset anybody about Mike Patton anymore. Yo, <laughs> fuck Mike Patton. <laughs> Christian, Christian, sure, sure, sure.
0: Christian, I really hope they don't record that Wrath of the East, Easter Bunny fucking shit because it's just, it's so goofy. I don't know. I, I just don't need a fucking, a 35-year-old Mr. Bungle demo re-recorded in full quality. I don't. I don't need that. Controversial opinion.
1: <laughs> Mike Pan's going to be so upset with you.
0: I'm sure he he he's going to cancel his Patreon support. <laughs> um, but uh, what else? What else? You got another one, Levi? Um, there's a bunch on Instagram from Landon that I, I didn't even get I, to. I,
1: I was going to say. Um,
0: All right, here's a here's another voice memo from the homie uh, Michael Palumbo.
4: Christian Levi, this is a great idea. Get some questions. You, you guys should ask this every every time and just pick the best question. Thank you. I have a million questions, maybe just pick one out of the few that I ask. First of all, I love the podcast. I listen to I've probably heard like almost every episode. My G. I like your guys' banter just as much as I like the reviews <laughs> and I've discovered some great bands. Particularly Seizures, The Central, Freighter um, I love these bands now, thanks to you guys. So, Amazing. You've definitely instilled my love of more, like, newer heavy music and not just the stuff I grew up listening to. Fuck yeah. Which that's kind of my question is what's the album for each of you that instilled your love of intense heavy music? Um, you know, going as far back as you want to. Particularly something that you keep going back to even to this day, if that exists
0: thank you for that question michael um levi you want to you want to go first i know you um, have an answer already yeah like
1: i was saying um uh, well like previous questions uh 94 uh with green day dookie and then in fifth grade 96 with uh, uh deftones adrenaline
0: that's um, i think that's yeah. more of the the qualifying answer that he was yep. looking for he's like i think mean, was talking about like chaotic, chaotic yeah Is i would
1: it? say deftones adrenaline um yep
0: that's a fucking real good answer that was one of the very first chaotic uh i mean you not I really lip chaotic syn- by today's standards but yeah i mean i still go back to deftones all the time so
1: i lip-synced board for a, a talent show in fifth grade <laughs> did
0: you really yes
1: and that's recorded somewhere but i yes. <laughs>
0: fucking did i hate to admit this i did limp biscuit uh faith for my eighth grade lip-sync
1: yeah some sick fucking yeah.
0: <laughs> um but as far as like the first like chaotic heavy album that i ever heard uh yeah, definitely Deftones, Adrenaline, and Around the Fur were, were big for me. Rage Against the Machine, self-titled. But I, if we're talking about really, like, what I, when I first had the, like, this is chaotic music, it was Mudvayne LD50, I think. Shocker. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Mudvayne LD50 for me. That, that was the real door opener for, like, technical music. And then uh, after that, it was Between the Buried and Me, self-titled album. Both of those just really fucking changed my life. And those are like what made me want to play guitar and like be a better guitar player. Like I spent so much time learning the silent circus in particular and that self-titled BT Bam. I bought them both on CD when I was, um, you know, like a, a sophomore or whatever. So thank you for those questions. Um, yeah. Question. He's got one more voice memo here. We're going to play that too. Um,
4: I got cut off there because it's only a minute long. Which, I don't know if I'm allowed to part two,
1: but yeah, we're we <laughs> nice doing
4: shit. it. Like, is there an album that
3: instilled your love of, like, weird heavy music? Mm.
4: Um, if that makes sense. I, I have this conversation with we a just lot answered of people that, but lately, and we'll totally, you know, everyone's got a different background of how they came to love, you know, whether it's Mathcore or just, you know, aggressive music. Uh, I really love, like, aggressive music that's just like very experimental like the Locusts are like one of my favorite bands of all time yeah cause the first, the first curious, one was like heavy now nice but weird heavy you know part yeah. two of that was like is there, a, is there an album that made you love Mathcore specifically or something different that is also got it okay and like really grabbed you and you still go back to it and like it just it changed your, your view of what music could be
0: for me uh good questions I like cal- that. yeah i really like that thank you for those questions uh calculating infinity actually i kind of forgot to mention that i Psh, i duh. did hear calculating infinity in 2000 i didn't hear it the year it came out because i wasn't that cool but <laughs> um that was my first mathcore experience my first mathcore album that i and i fucking i hated it when i first heard it but uh because it was just so busy, I thought. But man, like it... <laughs> you're <laughs> Too... like the, that meme, the dude on the side of the wall. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like jazz. Too many notes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, why don't just play the right note? Don't stop playing the wrong note. <laughs> you're supposed to play on the one and the, the three, not the two and the four. Um, beep when you're bopping, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, uh, calculating infinity was like my first like math core album, and then um, after that. Like, what else did I get into? Psyopus, our puzzling encounters considered. uh, I had that on my iPod. And then when Ion Dissonance released their stuff, Despised Icon was one of my first, like, early chaotic heavy bands. Um, Fucking what else?
1: um my uh my my first my first two like as far as going into like mathy and more chaotic um i would say first is going to be a coalesce uh functioning on impatience i believe that was a 94 96 release or or not 96 like it was it was it was in the 90s release but um i listened to it like maybe around 99 um and then naturally around 98 99 too is when um i heard uh the locust melt banana split uh and that was my first locust experience was hearing that split um so yeah, I would say Lo- yeah, Locust and Coalesce were my two mathy, techie, and then around and of that course, same time. Too. Well, uh, well, no, I mean, it, no. If I'm saying like the first few bands I encountered, it would be yeah, those, those two. are the earliest. Huh? Okay. Yeah, those are the two earliest, and then I saw um uh, Dillinger in a Sam Goody, um, and that's that was just. But but I remember like noting Coalesce was off in a good way like I remember just noting that like I was like I don't know what's going on here but it's like off and then the locust just because of the chaos and the, just the chaotic screamo um, and the, the masks it just added that extra element so wow
0: bam um, thank you for those questions Michael Um, just maybe a couple more real quick uh, oh my god there's so many let's on, do one more there's so many on Instagram I can't even fucking
1: yeah let, let's, let, let's, let's choose one I'm more I'm trying
0: to find someone who we haven't answered yet is the thing um here, I'm gonna help. Nice profile, keep it up. That is not a question. Does time travel even exist? Uh, I don't think we know that yet. Do you sleep? Yes, sometimes. Did you sleep? Uh, only a little bit. Son of a bitches. This is all. Most of these are from Landon. <laughs> is coronavirus stored in the balls? I believe so. Will Reaper Ranch ever come back to Taco Bell? <laughs> is it better to have loved and lost than to uh, hell? He says. Um. <laughs> some of these are pretty funny, actually. Um. Let people know about the documentary they're making for 3-1-G and Justin Pearson of the Locust, says... uh, I believe his name is Richard. Uh, And uh, yes, that is fucking... That is definitely important. They're making a documentary about Justin Pearson. Hopefully it's done well. Well, they're crowdfunding it, so if they take people's money, I hope they do a good job. Um, That's why we're trying to do better on this fucking podcast, because now we got the Patreon. We really don't have an excuse to do bad now, basically. Um, So... I think that's good for now.
1: Um, On to our last band.
0: All right. Uh, so the next band we're going to talk about is To Languish. Mm. To Languish are a chaotic Screamo duo from Sweden. You could also describe this as Mathcore, though. Uh, they started back in 2017, releasing their first single that same year, and now they're back with their debut LP, albeit a short LP, clocking in at only 13 minutes, Sown, which was released. Get ready for this. Released via. Pundoner <laughs> Records, Dingleberry Records, Trace and May's Records, Middleman Records, Afon de Cal Records, Listen to Alien Records, Hardcore for the Losers, Long Rail Records, which is an insane amount of labels. Good grief. Like, wow. Um, it reminds me of that CU Space Cowboy second grade knife Fight split that, uh, that dark trail he put out.
1: Just pumped out by numerous, numerous, numerous. B- record labels
0: sometimes when everyone has 160 dollars and you want to do <laughs> mm-hmm. 300 or 507 inches that's what you do um anyway uh so <laughs> at its heart uh music of Tolanguish is based in screamo but they they really implement a ton of time changes and switch ups that really seems to indicate math core and chaotic influence in a way that reminds me of portrayal guilt keep coming back to them recently um and on that note i really liked uh Trans Fever, track nine.
1: That's the one. Yep. Uh, A lot of guest vocals on this thing.
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, The other track I really liked was actually uh, The Roses of Helio Gabalis. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that correctly, but so Levi just listened to this band moments ago too. It was the other just thing. Sort of the full <laughs> album. Yep. <laughs> like like Shipley Hollow. Apparently we had a miscommunication and he did not know we were covering this band. So our his notes rather are a bit scant on this one. Mm-hmm. Of course, yep. mine aren't super deep either. Is there's, yeah, it's it's sort of just quick and it, it flew by and I didn't really have time to go back and jam <laughs> the back catalog. So we're just really showing what what kind of shitty journalists we are right now. But we um,
1: are amazing. You're you guys are welcome. First
0: but of all, this is a good release, uh, and we really wanted to throw it in the mix. Our Patreon supporters voted on this one, uh, so we wanted to make sure and get them in the, uh, on this episode. Um, and yeah, it's just some good fucking chaotic screamo.
1: Yep. Oh, fuck yeah, definitely that. Especially when you're adding all these guest vocals and everything. A lot of like added like female vocals and stuff. Pretty cool.
0: And they're they're from Sweden, so big up to my Swedes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any Swedish. I'm not even going to front.
1: That's why. I just, I just, I just have a Swedish last name. <laughs> I thought it was safe just saying yeah.
0: I mean, I, both my parents are come from Swedish descent, but yeah, I, I don't speak any Swedish I could have at never all. told that with your blonde hair. And <laughs> my round face. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a fucking... What? I don't know. You look like the zigzag man. <laughs> yeah, that is that's That's pretty... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, um, uh, what track, man? Well, which one was the one that you liked? Trans Fever! Alright, so we'll give him Trans Fever then. So we're going to give you Trans Fever, which is track nine from To Languish's new full length album, Sewn, and that came out November 29th via ton of labels. Here we go. All right, so that was Transfever by Talanguish, and that's off their new full-length album, Sown. Well, their new LP, let's say. <laughs>
1: that is some chaotic screamo.
0: Really short but sweet. So uh, I guess that about wraps it up. Uh, before we do end this, for, first of all, I want to thank everyone who sent us questions today. I think we're going to start making that a thing uh, where we try to... Get to a couple of listener questions every episode. We, Sorry,
1: we didn't get to all of them.
0: There yeah. was a ton of them that were really good, um, and we'll try to revisit those on future episodes. We try to like, you know, every other band or so come in with a couple of them. But um, we didn't want to inundate you guys with, uh, with with so many listener questions immediately. We're trying to kind of tool with the uh, the configuration of how we're going to use those. Um, and uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please. Give us five stars. Leave us a review. Uh, if you like what you heard, leave, leave us some nice words. Uh, tell us we're nice boys. Mm-hmm. Say you like mm-hmm. our beards. We really like that. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Uh, subscribe on YouTube, please. We've got a ton of great videos up right now. Um, if you really are really a ride or die and you really love what Math Core Index does and you want to help support us um, and motivate us to do better and create more content, Please become a supporter on Patreon. Um, you can become a supporter for as little as a dollar a month. And you get some sick benefits like early access to these uh, these videos that we have up right now. Um, video polling. You can help decide what bands we talk about on the podcast. Um, we've got Patreon-exclusive podcasts, which we might, pub- you know, someday might be public. But for now, um, you can hear us ramble about anime. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Word. All right, so uh, I guess that about wraps it up for the 42nd episode of MathCast. I'm your host, Christian. And
1: I'm your co-host, Levi.
0: And we'll be back again next month with some more Sick Underground Bands. Good night, and stay beautiful.